This podcast contains adult language. Starting now. And welcome to another episode of All the World's a Cage, the podcast where we bewilderingly burgle Nicolas Cage's felonious filmography one movie at a time. But it's not just a podcast, y'all. It's a dive into absolute lunacy. Come with us to a family holiday dinner full of people that we just robbed. Justify with us our heist that is going to essentially bankrupt an entire town despite the existence of the FDIC? and escape with us from prison. Super easily, apparently. So pull up some ointment or something or whatnot, because this week we're watching the 1994 holiday crime comedy Trapped in Paradise, a movie that I would describe as bad, 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 oh boy, I'm starting to have regrets about doing this podcast. So... <laughs> yeah. Cracking her open. Here Let we go. Let me ask you guys oh, a hold question. Up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm your co-host, Josh. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Jeff. And I'm your co-host, Sean. It wouldn't be an episode of Atwack if we didn't almost forget to do that part. <laughs> Every fucking time. So what was Tra- your... Tra- traditions uh, aren't made. They're they're born naturally. Right. So what was your question, Jeff? Um. Oh... I have so many, but I'll I'll start with this one. What the fuck? No, that's not the question. It's had you guys seen this movie before? Uh, no, did not know it existed. <laughs> yeah, totally. This I you you kind of expect like any decently budgeted '90s comedy to have like a cult following somewhere. Nothing for this one. Nobody yeah. cares about this movie. Well, and especially, I mean, Nick Cage, <clears throat> you know, is a name that carries movies on his own, as we've yeah. already seen. And this one also has John Lovitz and Dana Carvey. Like, yeah. And like the peak John Lovitz, Dana Carvey. This was like yeah. when they were the biggest names they were. Yeah. I, I mean, and they're funny. Dana Carvey in this movie, not so much. No, not really? so oh, much. I know. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into that. Danny Carvey is way funnier than John Lovitz. Oh, my God. In this movie? You like Dana Carvey in this movie? Hmm? (laughs) You like Dana Carvey in this movie? Well, I like him better than Lovitz. Okay. All right. What do you mean? Sounds like uh, an interrogation, Jeff. Yeah. I'm just shocked. Let me consult (laughs) my notes here because I think uh yep the very first thing i wrote was god damn i've never wanted to slap anyone as much as i want to slap dana carvey right now oh, jesus christ his this voice uh, yeah what, what do you mean he just talks like this oh, the whole movie oh my god. god it was fine and peggy sue got married when when uh nick cage did it was it <laughs> dana carvey was it fine <laughs> i would argue that it was not dana carvey's character in this is like an SNL, it's like an SNL character that at the end of a four minute sketch, you would be like, I'm about done with this guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, you'd yes. be like exhausted. Is yeah. that the word you're I'm looking good. for? This, this SNL sketch went a little long. Around the three minute and 30 second <laughs> hey, mark, boys, it started to get I, a little tedious. Can I remind you that 
SNL has made some terrible choices in movies, mostly in the sense that Pat got a second movie, guys. Like, what wasn't said in Pat 1 <laughs> that had to be said in Pat 2 because I never finished it. It was really shitty. They're all, yeah, not an illustrious track record. And this uh, is not technically an SNL movie. but No, it's not, but it sure feels like it's, it. It's close enough, I guess. Um, this movie is miserable. I despised <laughs> watching this. We have watched a lot of bad movies. <laughs> I have feel- not disliked a movie as much as I disliked this one. When the credits started rolling at the end, I actually said out loud, fuck you. <laughs> I just I uh, hated this. I scrambled to my bed stand to just hit power off. <laughs> I, <laughs> I watched oh, this on Sunday night. Or Monday night, one of those. So I've had this bouncing around in my head for like three or four days. And I've, uh, it's, I can't even fully articulate what it is about this movie that is so bad because it's just on so many levels. I know. I, it, that was my takeaway too is like it, when it was over, I was just like, I don't know why I hated this as much as I did. Like, okay, we just watched Jujitsu. Which, yeah. unfortunately, dear listener, you're not going to hear us talk about just quite yet. Uh, My bad. We, we had some audio issues uh, that that were not salvageable, so we're gonna we're gonna circle back around to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, not having to pay Amazon seven dollars again yeah. to rent it, but <laughs> we should cross- wait. We should wait a year and then just do it based on what we remember. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we probably. Well, I I don't know. Yeah. We we don't want to get too much into spoiler territory. Yeah. I I guess. I mean, you know, we obviously do spoilers on this show, but that was a movie that, although I didn't like it, and you mm. know, when we were talking about it, I we were somewhat in agreement, if I recall correctly, that it was up to this point the worst movie we had watched so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, this movie was bad on like an entirely different axis <laughs> and it was really hard to put my finger on what i this hated is, about it so much this is a whole other graph it was just like okay every time every time i paused this movie to take a note i would like solemnly pick the remote back up and like <sighs> press play <laughs> like yeah i have to start this again I got up Ugh. in the middle of this movie to feed my cat and to play with her. And I realized that I'd been playing with her for like 20 minutes because I didn't want to come back and start mm-hmm. watching more of this. Yeah, I watched it last night. And uh, when there was like maybe 40 minutes left, I was like, I could probably I'm tired. You know, I'm tired <laughs> and I don't I don't like I don't like this. And then. I was like, oh, I'll just go to bed and I'll just finish it in the morning. Yeah. And then I thought about that for a second and I was like, no, I fucking won't. No, you won't I don't want to put my I'm, I can't do that to morning, Jeff. I can't I can't do that to future Jeff. That poor idiot would have to watch the last 40 minutes of this movie in the daylight. Yeah, I'll finish it in the morning is the greatest lie we tell ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still get away with it. 
I mean, my dumbass <laughs> still believes that shit. <laughs> yeah, I still fall for it sometimes. Yeah, I'll get to it in the morning. No, you won't, dude. You're going to sleep till noon or at least like whatever five minutes till you have to be at work is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's you that, and dummy. that and also I should I don't have to write that down. I'll remember that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The note taking process. Is, mm-hmm. uh, so okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. If you haven't seen this movie before, here's the gist. Nick Cage plays a basically average guy. He has two brothers, Dana Corby and John Lovitz, who are felons. Uh, They have apparently a long criminal career, mostly involved in like thievery. Uh, We learn that Dana Corby is like a kleptomaniac and John Lovitz is kind of the like the brains of the operation. They get out of prison. I wouldn't say brains. He's just a compulsive liar. Yes, he's a compulsive liar. Dana Corby is a compulsive thief. Um, They meet up with Nick Cage trick him into going down to paradise pennsylvania a small like sleepy little town that has a bank that is like a a perfect heist just in waiting so they go they rob the bank they try to leave with the money but through a series of misfortunes they keep getting brought back to paradise hence cramped in paradise and in the end they are so warmed by the kindness of the townsfolk that they give the money back uh and there's a bunch of other shit the fbi is in it and like no, if you, like no there's a whole reason. bunch of yeah there's a whole bunch of people who are trying to catch them and figure the situation out which leads to so wacky hijinks many characters but so many characters but i think that about covers it right yeah, yeah. uh yeah. that recap made me compulsively want to turn my <laughs> dvd player off so let's just let's get into like what was so bad i think one of the big problems is that the three people that we spend most of the time watching are abhorrent the fucking worst they're There's, the worst especially so john lovett's character oh my god does nothing oh. good only bad mm-hmm Oh, does only bad things. Yes. Not only to the townsfolk of Paradise, but also his brothers. Yeah. He's and their so mom. shitty to so his so shitty to their mom. They're so fucking shitty. Dana Carvey is so annoying. So annoying. He's like he's, he's like funny. the voice you would make to try to piss off your older brother. Like, he's that kind of character. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely playing that kind of character where you're just like, oh, no, he got kicked in the head by a mule at some point. <laughs> or, like, he's well, he's just not all there. He's just like, he's like a he's like a child. Yeah. But yet a full adult. Yeah. Like, I, well, <laughs> I, I had that question for you guys, actually, because there's another character in this movie with uh, oh develop uh, with yeah. a developmental disorder that's not what they call it they no. don't say those that no those words to describe no. it no they drop a hard r they drop um, a hard r yeah. is dana carvey's character supposed to be dealing with these issues too or is he just i wouldn't even say he he's just bad i, it, he's I wouldn't like, even say he's the only one dealing with that issues because the other guy that's like running the convenience store yeah yeah there's three characters really not all in there and it's just like what is going on there are three characters in this movie who are i would say to varying degrees mentally disabled 
and all three of them are all three of them are played for laughs. Uh, Dana Carvey, I think what we're supposed to take away from him is that he's like a theft savant. No, he's not. Yeah, but, but he's, he's not. But he sucks he's not. It, though. He's super huh. bad, which is hmm. like uh, also hilarious because I, I feel like that is actually true to life. People that compulsively steal and compulsively lie are not like mm-hmm. incredibly skilled at it. Yeah, no, they're but, bad at it. Yeah, it's like they just do everything. He oh, literally. Yeah. OK, there's a scene where he opens a box of Captain Crunch. <laughs> yes. Pours out the cereal all over the floor so that he can take the prize, the toy, yes. from the Captain Crunch box and just put it into his pocket. And he does this in just full view of someone who is loading a shotgun. Yes, in their convenience store. Yeah. I, and like, and then walks over it, yeah. leading to like all these loud crunching sounds. So, I mean, first step, right? Like, step one, crunch, loud crunch. You would think step backwards, right? Yeah. No. Your first thought no. would be step backwards away from noise. No, he just no. full on commits. Crunch again. Crunch yeah. again. What the fuck? Yes. <laughs> and then. So those are the two brothers. But it's supposed to be funny, right? They suck. Nick Cage <laughs> is our lead and he's supposed to be. This is, I think, maybe the first time we've seen this archetype for him where he's like the straight man in a comedy not a duo but you know what i mean in this it's like a a trio but so he's supposed to be the straight-laced one who is unnerved by the hijinks of the other people which we haven't seen he's not very good at it well and also he just fucking it like when they're in the uh bank for the first time Mm -hmm. and he like is holding the wire to the security camera that's just comically dangling there, not attached to anything. Like, yes. okay, you're just asking to get bank robbed. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's neither here nor there. He, he like, he, or, or like, okay, even earlier than that, at the beginning, very beginning of the movie, he finds a wallet lying on the ground and it's got $800 in it. Yes. And he, when he like sees that there's money in it, he like looks at the money and starts going like, oh, God. Oh, I can't. yeah, he's like he's like not he's a crook, too. He just is a crook. He's like biting his knuckles like, ah, mm-hmm. I shouldn't take it, but I want to. And yeah. then he's looking through the wallet and he sees photos of like a family and dogs. And he's like, ah, yeah. So it, like his his reactions to finding a wallet on the street are like the ways where a homeless man in a in a, a tax Avery cartoon would be smelling <laughs> a pie on a windowsill float yeah he's he just like oh, yeah. but oh, it's no. so tempting it's just too tempting and it, it <sighs> the movie implies and this is like i think one of the biggest failings of the whole emotional arc for his character is that it implies that like his um propensity for theft is like genetic Right. Mm -hmm. It implies that it's like something that runs in his family, like his brothers are thieves. He's trying not to be a thief. But when he sees money, like his congenital theft disorder (laughs) kicks into high gear and he's like, I I need to rob. I need to steal. And I got to get me that good green stuff. So the problem is that at the end of the movie, when he overcomes that and gives the money back, it's like 
so it's it's almost it has as much emotional resonance as like watching somebody kick a bad habit like watching someone stop biting their nails right it's not like a moral choice he is like genetically predisposed towards stealing stuff oh my god i just i didn't care about that (laughs) i i I didn't care about his relationship with his brothers Mm -mm. i didn't care about shelly which is crazy that yeah this movie had her in like such a bland nothing role like added nothing to this movie yeah this movie has mad chin amic in it she's great she needs to be in more stuff by the way mm-hmm. yeah yeah i was like scrolling through her filmography after the movie like she's delightful i want to watch more things that she is in yeah she's great <sighs> she's given very little in this movie at all nothing her character is nothing <laughs> there's way too many characters so in many this movie so mm-hmm. many characters so many villains it's like first of all the main characters themselves are villains <laughs> i would argue that they are also they are each other's antagonists they are villains well, yeah and their paths are crossed by the convenience store guys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the small town cops the mm-hmm. fbi they're crossed well, by I mean, the deputies are not yeah, the deputies are bad. The fucking like, yeah. gangsters that break out of jail are mm-hmm. bad. But everybody else in the town is just like, oh, you don't have enough money for a bus ticket on Christmas Eve? Oh, don't worry about it, Suge. And it's like, oh, that's sweet. That's nice. That's a good gesture. But then it's like you also have the bank owners. It's just like, I'm just going to pay it for it mm-hmm. with kindness no matter what. I just got whipped out of my lunch to go open a vault safe in front of my wife where pretty much the entire town was involved in a bank heist. And they're just like, no, come on in. I don't want to talk about my day. I know. The the idea that they're opening (laughs) their home to strangers at this juncture is is a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. It's so far removed from reality that this movie is like a fucking Lord of the Rings level fantasy. It's okay. Well, I mean, I I still think it all took place in a snow globe. They could not escape. (laughs) But (laughs) I think that they I I think they actually died on that plane crash and they're in purgatory. (laughs) Um, Here's the thing about this movie. Okay, (laughs) it wasn't a plane crash. It was when they drove off the bridge. This movie has a very funny premise and a bunch of scenes that should be really funny. It's not funny and the scenes aren't like, okay. the premise of the movie is that three brothers go to a town to rob the bank, but everybody in the town is so like Midwestern nice that they're completely clueless that they're even being robbed and go out of their way to like give them Christmas presents and and buy them bus tickets and all this stuff. And they the three brothers get so like warmed by this that they give the money back. They change. That's funny. Or like the scene where they're robbing the bank. And they need the bank president's key. He's not there. So they go to the diner where he is and and take him hostage. But then they realize, oh, no, we need to take everybody here hostage. 
So they walk 30 people back into the bank. Like, that's hilarious. But for some reason, it all just lands dead. Like, it's yeah. just not funny. It's joyless. The, the security guard through the entire bank heist is asleep. Like, like that yeah. should be funnier than it is. John Lovitz is leading everybody through yoga exercises to calm them down while they wait 45 yeah, minutes. I thought, I like, thought that funny. joke was actually pretty good. Yeah, and well, then when the when the town like extra extras come into the bank heist, yeah. he's just like, hey, we were just doing uh, some breathing exercises. Come on, join in. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like, I just calmed everybody that's down. That's pretty good. Like, you know, oh, God damn it. Like, yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> Let's see if we can each come up with something about this movie that we liked. Because Mama, oh, Mama okay. taught me that if you can't say anything nice, it's better to not say anything at all. Or start a podcast. So we, so we should try to say something nice about this movie. Okay. I this will is, go first. Uh, I was just, uh, just going to say this is now a recurring segment. I like it though. Find, I like find it. Find something that's fun. <laughs> find, find something that isn't a bummer. Hey, oh, yeah. oh, what's that on the ground? We should call it comp compliment sand nick. Uh, <laughs> well, eh, I can do better. We'll I mean, come better. We'll, we'll workshop it, but yeah. that is a that's the front runner. Oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, nope. Don't have anything better. Okay, <laughs> all right. Okay, I'll, I'll, put that, I'll put that on the whiteboard. I'll, I'll, uh, what were you gonna say, Jeff? I'll go first. Here's something about this movie that I liked. I liked their mom. Uh, the actress's name is Florence Stanley. Was not familiar mm. with her from her other work. Took a quick uh, perusal through her IMDb credentials. Uh, she was hilarious i thought her delivery was spot on i thought the scene of her in the car with the gangsters was very funny yes um i thought that she was bringing actual chemistry to the interaction with her children that they totally did not have with each other did not buy mm -hmm. any uh, any two of these mm -hmm. three as brothers i did not buy but i thought she did a good job of despite their lack of chemistry she just kind of layers like a like a layer of good frosting over a bad three-layer cake she did a good good job of, of tying their their family chemistry yeah. together yeah she makes it palatable yeah i i totally agree and i i agree with you that the scene when all the parts with the mob guys where she's in the car with them mm -hmm. and even later when nick cage gets in the car mm -hmm unknowingly not not knowing that his mother is in the trunk like that was funny mm -hmm. um i don't know i had a bunch of stuff in this movie that i thought was like pretty good like i actually thought that his introduction wasn't bad um when he goes to a confession i realized that a confession is a great way to introduce a character mm -hmm. because you literally just have them explain what's wrong with them yeah so he says he like you can literally just have a character say things like I realize that I can easily be led astray like my brothers can, but I'm trying to be a good person, father. Yeah. And it's like, nice, cool. That just tells you everything you mm -hmm. need to know about that character. And to set the scene, you have the priest yeah. doing a crossword puzzle. During, and that was funny. Yeah. During the whole thing. And I also <laughs> liked when he's like, it's been two weeks since my last confession. And the priest goes, is that Bill Furpo? 
And he goes, yeah. And he goes, it's been five years, man. Is that how you want to start this? Yeah. I was like, that's hilarious. That was a good joke. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. You going to other priests on the side? What's this like? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, you can always go to another church. Uh, Sean. I guess churches don't like that. We'll cut that. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're you're outside of my wheelhouse. I don't know. There's a yeah. lot. There's there's a lot of things churches don't like. That's oh, probably well, that's one pro- of them. I guess probably on the and, add it to the list. All right. And cut. What, Sean? <laughs> yeah. What? Sh- Yes. And cut. <laughs> Sean, Sean, what did you think was funny? Or what did you think was good in this movie? I've been, I've been laughing about that last like cut thing. Uh, what I, yeah. Um, so some of the things I liked about this movie, um, yeah, was like kind of like the whole, not, not oh, I shouldn't say whole, uh, the, the bank heist scene. Like we've mm-hmm. already covered a bit of it, but mm-hmm. Just like, you know, kind of the the back and forth where it's just like, God, how are they just how are these guys criminals? Like, no wonder mm-hmm. they're in jail. No wonder they're yeah, yeah, for no, real. Like, I mean, it's one thing like when you just like go into a, a, a bank and you steal all the pens. That's first off why they have chains attaching the pins mm-hmm. to well, the this was 94. So maybe they hadn't developed that mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, they hadn't had that like like chain technology really fucking hammered out but it doesn't (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't matter it was just like it was very it was kind of cute where it's just like he's just like oh it says take a pen and it's just like or Mm -hmm. you know take a take a candy and it's like well you took all the candy those those were for kids and um it it just comes off as like well this guy he seems like a child like he's a child that just can't say no and I'm t- referring to Dana Carvey. Right. Uh, uh, John Lovett's absolutely uh, joyless. Um, Brutal. Yeah. Uh, what what did you but what did you like, though? <sighs> um, yeah. I know again, it's hard. <laughs> yet again, I'm getting long winded and not going anywhere. Um, no, you're OK. I which just, is very brand. Hey, no, it's fine. You're look, you're you're treading you're treading water while you try to think of something. I see. I It was We're my idea water. that we'd all say something nice, but I had something in the tank. You know, I'll own that. Yeah, you know, I was ready. I was teed up and ready. OK, you guys um, don't have that luxury. So. So there's <laughs> there's a spot where um, they're in the the they're outside the church right and uh nick cage is like talking like to uh what's her name the uh imagine hammock i i don't remember her character's name oh. just call her imagine Manchester. or shelly it's fine or shelly shelly sure. let's call her shelly yeah. that's twin peaks well, right when yeah. he was talking to shelly yeah, okay. it was like <laughs> yeah um like he he says something along the lines where he's just like wow you know your whole life's in between that dash. And I thought that's really like, you know, poignant. And mm-hmm. I thought it was going to go somewhere and it absolutely doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, he's referring to the, the dash between the dates on a gravestone. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Correct. And I liked it, but then immediately yet again, like this movie cuts it off at the knees because it doesn't go anywhere. She just runs mm-hmm. off. And, yeah, her character was so strange. And I just was, like, very confused by that. But I was like, oh, like, he was trying to connect, like, start some small talk, weird small talk at least. But, you know, 
I enjoyed that scene for some reason. I don't know entirely why. I mean, it was one of the better parts of the movie. I actually kind of weirdly felt like they had decent chemistry. Him and Maginamic, even though her character is essentially like a prize to be won. Well, yeah, I mean, I would say that they it seemed like they did have some natural chemistry, but the script was just it gave them nothing, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing no, to play off just of. dead. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's not a character at all. No, and not really. And no. He barely is. I mean, he's really not. Like he ch- he changes, but it's not really like. I, I he eventually decides that he's going to return the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's like feels guilty about it through the whole movie. You know, it's yes. not like he starts from a place of like I'm a criminal that steals because I think that society is wrong or something and i'm i deserve this money and then it turns around it's like he he doesn't want to be a a thief at the beginning he doesn't want to be a thief in the middle and then Mm -hmm. he decides not to be a thief after the whole movie talking about how he doesn't want you missed the boom clap heel turn (gasps) nope up nope he's still the same (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i mean you're you're totally right jeff like that's it's the problem is that like He's trying really hard not to be a thief. And then he in one part of the movie like slips and gives into his compulsion and then spends the rest of the movie being like, oh, I don't I did shouldn't have done that. I got to fix this. That's it. Yeah. There's no like it would have been so much better if his character had been like instead of being tricked into doing it and doing it like because of some compulsion he has, if he had been like talked into doing it. Like if he had been like, he's behind on rent, he just got fired. He is, his car just got taken away, like repossessed. And he's like, what am I going to do? Oh no, I'm so screwed. Like debt collectors calling all this shit. And then his brothers show up and they're like, we can help you out. We know this bank, help us rob it. And he, you know, reluctantly is like, all right, I don't see another option. Then when he turns, it's actually like satisfying. But again, it's it's literally just him fighting a genetic disorder he has. Yeah. It's so fucking stupid. Uh, well, okay, uh, so so the conceit of this whole thing, it's like there's no real change because I mean, like you know, Lovitz doesn't change. And, at all, no. And I mean, you have a like cuter, more rascally uh, Dana Carvey, but. He learns to love a horse. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, I wouldn't want to, like, kill a horse or, like, let a horse freeze to death. <laughs> yeah, which I have something That's to say great, about the horse, Which I'm just too. like, okay, well, uh-huh. yeah, you shouldn't do that anyways. Also, you're a kleptomaniac. What are you – were you, you going to, like, put that, that like, horse in your, your jacket pocket or whatever? You're turning into Dana Carvey. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Sean. Oh, shit. Um, but it's like, okay, so, like, what a, a good – christmas movie is is like you know like there's some change of heart right there mm-hmm. is no change of heart in this they learn the in meaning fact, of the season it, yeah the the real season is like it's really it's better to give than receive and you know it's it's um what's another thing um oil last eight days uh but there's <laughs> like, but you know a okay. real miracle 
like it's something changed. It wasn't supposed to be right. And nothing like that happened in this movie at all. No. Not, not even close. No. Like at yeah. one point, Nick Cage is like, well, do you think people can actually change? Like if you hit a fork in the road, <laughs> and, yeah, hold on. And, I have this written down because like, I had a note about yeah, this. Yeah. He he asks if like a person is going down a road, can they change? Like, can they change? Basically, and she says like, I think they can, but it depends. And he says, depends on the road. And she goes, depends on the person. And I was like, is that a joke? Is that supposed to be funny that he got it wrong? No, it's supposed, it supposed to be. To be it's supposed to be like philosophical, maybe like it's just like, of course, it's going to depend on the person. Like, I mean, I mean, you can go one, down one direction on a road. You can turn around on that same road. I've seen people drive the wrong way on a highway. You can pull. You can, you can do it. It takes work, but you can do it. Christmas well, miracles. I, and it's so stupid because, again, it's not like he's. The stakes of his character change are just so low that it's like, yeah, it cost it costs him nothing. And he did, does. He doesn't even like he doesn't even do a good job of it. He's just like he's just wrong. And she's like she's like, no, dumbass. It doesn't depend on the road. It depends on the person or whatever. <laughs> and then later in the movie, he is like, what would you say if I said that I wanted to stay in this town? Because I like yeah. you guys all so much now. And she just right. goes, yeah, aces. Let's make out. Great. Like, so <laughs> stupid. Just once in one of these fucking movies, I want that scene. And the woman goes, oh, I, I have a boyfriend. Like, you haven't met him. I have. I'm engaged. I have a like, whole I just want that just life. Like one fucking time. Oh, I have a my whole, God. Well, and I, I almost thought we were going to get there because it, in in this scene, the scene in the like in the church graveyard when Watch they're talking, irresistible. She, he tries to like go in for a kiss and she's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, what? And he's like, oh, oh. And, and like, if that would have just been the end of the romantic part of this movie, oh, that would have been. But. I, I never thought for a second that was actually going to be the case because no. it's, this is a 1994 movie. Yeah, we're not that they lucky. They don't have the balls. They don't have the balls <laughs> or the imagination the yet. Balls. George Gallo, you fucking spineless bastard. This is the guy who wrote the screenplay for Bad Boys, by the way. Do you guys know that? No, really? The dude that wrote and directed this movie wrote the screenplay for Bad Boys. What about, what another, about two? another movie that is just a fucking tofu scramble of a film? I never had yeah. any idea what's going on in Bad Boys. Um, what about Bad Boys 2? Was he involved with Bad Boys 2? I do not think so. Mm -hmm. oh. So I just it's wrote down a funnier. bunch of things. <laughs> I have about a, I have about 100,000 notes. So I'm just going to jump to just one of my... Yeah, right, let's, I would like let's to, jump into some notes. I, can I just uh, uh in Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to name this segment real quick. Uh come on down to J Josh's holiday uh I've got some notes corner. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, That's this good. is this is the segment of the show where uh we dive into our notes in order to feverishly scrabble together some material to make 
runtime. Can I uh, for this also? Uh, I'm, I'm cutting all of this. This is all getting cut. Also, I'm gonna. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna just say this. Uh, be brutally honest. Uh, I didn't take notes for this one, y'all. I don't care. <laughs> you don't worry, man. I got enough for all three of us. I figured it was seared in the brain enough. I Here's a question. Here's a question. If Nick Cage is the manager of an upscale New York restaurant, why does he drive a piece of scrap metal with two flat tires? They talk, they're like, wow, your car is a total piece of shit. It's like a, it's like a gag in the movie. They yeah. say like, I'd like something about how it's like ready for demolition. And then he's like, it's my car. Ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. Why? Like he's the manager of a fucking restaurant in downtown New York. Well, like he should be doing great. My, my theory is this. It is that, don't get tips. It is that the idea of managing a restaurant to a Hollywood screenwriter is not their idea <laughs> of a decent job. You're probably they're, right. They're like, yeah. This guy is a manager of a restaurant. He probably barely ekes out his existence. Yeah. It's like you know, restaurants <laughs> in Manhattan can do pretty fucking probably, well. Like he's probably making like six figures. But yeah, to like a, a, a screenwriter, they probably imagine that they like live at the restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> there's like bunk beds in the back where all the servers go. Yeah. This is like a uh, how much could one banana cost? Twenty dollars, like that. Yeah, you, I'm sorry, we I, didn't have enough money for an extra cot. You just sleep on a pile of onions. <laughs> I put um, here. I put fuck. I miss Dana Carvey. Um, I started laughing as soon as I heard his voice for the first time, and then no. two notes later, I put I am cooling on Dana Carvey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there it is. I was like, are you serious right now, Josh? Because I could not fucking handle his shit for even two seconds. I was just whenever I see one of these old kind of like golden age uh, SNL alums, I'm like, I'm like, I missed uh, Steve Martin. Right. But fuck me running. He the choice he made for his character in this movie. He was a host, not a not a cast member. Dana Carvey? No. Oh, Steve, Steve Martin, Martin wasn't, but he hosted like seven times. Yeah. I mean, That's he's in enough. that club, but the yeah. five-timers jacket, he's, I'm sure yeah. he has like a couple of them. He did the one thing, the bit with uh, Dan Aykroyd, where they make fun of Eastern European people. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I see what you're saying, though. It's like, the, just, just, you know, the wild and crazy com- guys. Compare yeah. this uh. flick to like... You know, a Ghostbusters or like a Tommy Boy or something. It's like, yeah, yeah, but it's like, just, okay, it's like a thousand times. Can worse. I? Int- it's like, can I introduce the next segment? Name one fucking quotable moment of this fucking movie. Go. Oh, I have one. I one part that I actually laughed out loud because I thought it was a really funny joke. There is a setup of a dog that has three legs. I found out, by the way, quick jump behind the scenes that that was an addition that they made after they saw the dog. Like the director saw it. I was like, that's funny. Yeah, totally. Throw it in. Why not? It's a hand- mm-hmm. handicapped dog. That's yeah, this, this script isn't crazy, busy, <laughs> and all over the place already. We don't we don't already make enough jokes about disabilities. Let's put some more in. So anyway, oh, no. um, they put... There's a scene later where the FBI like storms that house, and the dog runs away, 
And two FBI guys stop and look at each other and they go, we didn't do that, did we? Yeah, and I was like, I laughed really hard. I was like, that's a very funny joke. Or later when a priest says that he was praying and he got interrupted by Nick Cage delivering the money. And then he looks up at the ceiling as if talking to God and goes, we'll talk later. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next note here. <laughs> this movie thinks car crashes are fucking hilarious. Oh, I know. Tell me about it. And okay. What is the population of Paradise? Well, it okay. It varies. Fo follow up question. Can I, okay, how the interstate photos? Cars. Oh no! I thought okay because <laughs> there's literally a scene where they show the fucking like just stock footage of a busy highway during winter, and I was like, okay, so is Paradise like a small town or is it fucking thousands of people because it is a four lane highway just full of traffic and yeah. i'm like On, it's got a it's got a greyhound bus station well that yeah that doesn't mean anything it's like a subway station in your town that's nothing right but i mean but you wouldn't put a, that, a subway station i'm in sorry like subway sandwich thousand. company not okay yeah there's a lot of those <laughs> okay that not made, transportation that does, that yeah does i was like sense. well you, I, I was a little confused on that one yeah sorry I, uh, just for the listeners out there in iowa Every town has a church, another church, and a subway station. And by substation, we call it. That's just like, you know. We where don't you, call it that's, that. That's just where you get a sandwich. We That's what in Iowa we say, hey, did you take the subway today? Yeah. As we eat our subway sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you get a veggie delight. When oh. you see another person <laughs> with a subway sandwich, you clink them as if they are beers. Also, mm -hmm. spoiler alert, that is not just in the Midwest. Subway has more locations than any other chain. Yeah, but I'm just saying not all cities, like just like little small towns in Iowa, have gas stations. Yeah. You hear me? Yeah. Yep. They have True. a fucking subway. Yeah. Yeah. If they have They're a gas everywhere. station, it's also a subway. It's also They're connected to a subway, which is why it's the subway station. A thank you. And when you... Bye. It's a, they're a Midwest tradition. You know, every Christmas, every family, we get um, $5 footlongs. There's yeah. lines around the block. Stocking stuffed with meatballs. Yeah, when you eat the last bite, mm. you're supposed to say, I'm loving it, which doesn't make sense because that's McDonald's thing. But it's just the Midwest, man. It's how we do it. Yeah, we everything it. we've said is true. Yep, you know we like to. Uh, we've got we've got this uh, cool tradition called uh, going on a Christmas run, which is where you mm -hmm. go to Subway, uh, you Christmas get your five dollar foot long, mm -hmm. and then you go to Burger King and get mm -hmm. French fries, and then you go to McDonald's and you get a McFlurry. And I I I, I don't mm -hmm. know why we do it that way. McDonald's has way better fries than Burger King, but you know, tradition is and, tradition. And that's not even when the Christmas run begins. The Christmas run begins after you've eaten it all and get diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, we you eat all your sandwiches and then we all stand in a circle and jump up and down and we say five dollar foot longs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we all get diarrhea and then we all finish the run. Is what you say. Yeah. Um go get grandma her meatball marinara. Yeah. Man, we really don't want to talk about this fucking movie, do we? <laughs> <laughs> this then is my this... my next. My, can we just? Th that should be a recurring bit. Just contributing to insane Midwestern lore. Um, my next note was 
112 minutes. Fuck off. <laughs> oh my god. Because this movie is 112 minutes long. And when I found that out, I was pissed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like the third time they go back to paradise. I'm just like, oh, just fuck it, man. Just fucking run with that money. I don't care. Drown in a Jeez. river. I don't give a shit. Run out in the field and die like in Fargo. There, like, there, just, there's no reason uh, a movie like this should be longer than 90 minutes. There's no, no reason. No. It's just that they put too many characters into it mm-hmm. and too much stuff, which like I get. It's the way the comedy is derived from the misfortune. It's one of those kind of things. Like it's comedy via denial. People want something, but they can't get it in convoluted ways. And that's funny. And they achieve that by having a million different plot lines interacting with each other that cause this misfortune. But it, at a certain point, it just becomes too much. Yeah. And uh, for example, there's a scene where um, Dana Carvey falls into a river and uh, is being swept away. And then like you have, uh, I guess, oh, my God, these old men come out and chain together to uh, pull him out of the river. And then Mm -hmm. they, I mean, uh, I guess give him CPR to bring him back to life, which I was actively rooting against. (laughs) I was just like, when I saw those old men come to the shore, I just thought, I thought, what are you doing? You're 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 going to die. Yeah, you're going to get hypothermia. I, well, the, yeah, Dana Carvey is in the river. He's being thrown about on the rocky shore. You know, he all of this shit is misfortune is befalling him. And the whole time I was just like, yeah, I don't care about any of this. But the second no. that sleigh that was attached to the horse started to yes. break through the ice, I was like, don't know. Don't you dare. Don't you dare let that horse go under the icy no. blackness. I will fucking put a fist through my television. I the, I, the only character I cared about was Merlin the horse. Yeah. That was that was the only time I was like, oh, no. He got startled by a car at the beginning. And he finished strong. Saving the day, bringing the joy back to the city. Um, good for yeah. Merlin. Real hero of that story. Yeah. Uh, really the, next, o- the only hero the only likable character yeah um my next note is oh god i don't need to see john lovitz flirting with somebody that's when he's at the bank and he meets madge and amic mm-hmm. which Ugh. which why was that in because when that was happening i was like okay they're setting up a thing where he and nick are gonna like compete for her affection yes nope no <laughs> they sure don't nope yeah, oh, we should say Matchin Amick is a bank teller, uh, some kind of employee of the bank they rob. And she also lives with the bank president's family. As well as the daughter to the gangster. Yes, she's the daughter of the gangsters. Talks about who, robbing the bank of paradise. Yes, she's the. So the two brothers found out about this bank because two mob guys in prison were talking about it and imagine amic plays one of their one of the mob guys daughters so they go to the town to find her for some reason they don't need to find her they just need to go around the bank why wait why do they go to find her 
Well, that's the that's their pretext for getting Nick to go with them is that they're right. going to they're going to convince her to go visit her father in prison. Right. Because they made up a lie that the real reason they're going is because uh, my head hurts because they need to <laughs> her, her dad is dying and they need to whatever. They make up a lie. So yeah. Nick Cage goes along. Here's my OK. Here's another question. Why do they need Nick Cage to go? Why don't they just go rob a bank? Because they're such screw em up ding dong idiots that if they were <laughs> if they weren't ding dong wrangled could be, by their could be the other brother. name for this podcast. <laughs> wow. Uh, if, if they weren't wrangled up by their brother, uh, mm-hmm. which I still think is he's playing the older one. I just assume this because he's the tallest. Um, That's how it works. Yeah, <laughs> e- even though they both have ten plus years on him, like easy, oh, yeah. easily. Oh yeah, he's like tw- he's like nineteen in this movie. No, he's yeah. probably well. Hold on, uh, I think he was thirty. Sixty. Was he really? He was born in sixty four, I think. Okay, how, wow, we know his birthday. That's well, I, I don't know his birthday. Oh, man, I feel like I should. Hold on. God I'm also it. Googling it. God damn it. January 7th. Oh, boy, you guys. Wow. Yeah, we got We're a so party close. For that. What are you going to get him, Josh? Uh. What would you get for the man who has everything? Uh, easy. Oh, I'm going to get a um, copy of this movie. Do you need, do you need me to say it? <laughs> I mean, it. if it's not just us writing our own coupons for free hugs, I don't know what... <laughs> Like Why redeemable only by Sean and Nick Cage. I don't know who the fuck else. What what else would you get him? He yeah, has I'm multiple get him a castles. Copy of this movie. Well, that, that that's what I was gonna say. Is I, I I think I'm just gonna get him a castle or maybe like a you know a new turret for one of his castles because mm-hmm. we know he likes castles. You know. Yeah, I'm gonna get him this movie with a note on the front that says you can't run from your past. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, oh this movie has a fuckload of ADR. Did you guys yeah. notice that? Yes, because okay, so the bank scene, the bank heist scene, yeah, they're all wearing ski masks, right? So right. everything about it, everything about that whole sequence of shit is just them writing jokes over it, right? Yes. And all of Dana Carvey's scenes, every transitional Dana Carvey scene when he's like getting in the car or driving the car or like mm-hmm. riding in the sleigh. He has all these lines that are overdubbed. Oh, if you don't know what ADR is, by the way, it stands for, I think, additional dialogue recording. It's where the movie is done being shot, but then the actors go into the studio and record dialogue that is then dubbed over the film. And sometimes it will be dubbed over them talking like like a dub movie is. Or other times it will be like when they're not facing the camera, a line will be added in or something like that. So that's ADR. If somebody says something in frame and then somebody out of frame says a retort yes yeah mm-hmm. that's that's like a you know you get your kumail nonjianis or your your dan harmons or your <laughs> Some, or your, your you know, punch like ups, somebody to come Patton and Oswalt's. punch him up your yeah. your will wheaton's you know come on in fucking hey come on down like just write write a better joke here we need something yeah Still could have used more punch up, in my opinion, but it, I, I don't know. Talking about punching up, this whole podcast seems like we're punching down. 
I don't. <laughs> yeah, we're really. We're Merry really, Christmas, y'all. We're really giving a nerd a swirly on this one. I, I wanted to like this movie. I yeah, me like. Too. I like Christmas, and it's yeah. been a, it's been a tough year. I wanted this movie to be fun, and joyful, romp. I wanted to use the word romp to describe this movie, and I, I, I in good faith, I can't. I can't do that. No, this movie doesn't fit the legal definition, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, Just a just a throwing this question out there. Yeah, has there been other Nick Cage movies that we've already done that have been around Christmas that we might have overlooked and thought maybe we should have done this? Because I mean, I'm thinking Weatherman, but that was just snow. Yeah, Yeah, that was just in Chicago. Just general Chicago. Yeah. Well, this movie's. this movie's barely even a Christmas. This movie's a Christmas movie like Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Christmas just is happening to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Except for the one part where they arrive at the bank president's house after having robbed their bank and they, they give them Christmas presents. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. <laughs> There's I, I liked in this scene where John they hand them all the. They're they're giving them new clothes, I think, because yeah. they're like you know soaked yes. through with snow or whatever. They're giving they them new their clothes. Car they, after the bank heist, yeah, they they hand them all wrapped packages of clothing, and John Lovis has, just has a big shit eating grin on his face, and he goes, "I hope it fits." <laughs> like, <laughs> what a fucking asshole! I yeah. I hated when him he, when he said it. I just like in my mind, I just like saw the critic I mean I the one thing that I thought was funny I mean there was a few things that were funny but like one of the things that I thought was a funny recurring bit was like how overly nice the town is mm-hmm. like they go to the bank president's house after they've robbed the bank then they, it's an unknown identity situation they were wearing ski masks so the bank president doesn't know that they're the thieves <laughs> And they yeah, don't know that because these are the... He can't tell John, body type. Yeah, John, John Lovitz and Dana Carvey don't have distinctive voices either. <laughs> so it's fine. That, 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 that doesn't uh, identify yeah. them meaningfully. So. Everyone in this town is very nice and a little bit stupid. Yeah. But oh, no. yeah. everyone and, in the movie is stupid. And they're trying to leave with the money that they stole and like sneak away with the presents that they've gotten, like all these clothes. And the whole time they're just foisting more and more charity on them. They're like, oh, well, let me make you a plate to go. Oh, here, do you need any money? Yeah. And he gets his here's, wallet out and starts handing him cash. Like, oh, my that God. That was like a fun, like, again, the premise of this movie is funny. Yeah. The movie's just not. Oh, there's the scene where the FBI is introduced. Where the helicopter touches down and the FBI agent guy gets out. And I liked him, by the way. I like that actor. Yeah, he's like a character actor. One, let me look up his name really quick. Yeah, he's good. He uh, he's one of the leads on Six Feet Under. Apparently, I yeah, I was looking at I was looking at his uh, shit a little bit too because I I I did I did like him uh, in this movie all right, and I've I've enjoyed him in. Uh, oh, he's other. also the dad in um, um the what Step Brothers and whatnot. Yeah, Richard Jenkins. His character in this movie, it's like pretty much that same character where he's just like, I can't believe I am surrounded by fucking idiots. Like, yeah, I'm trying to like hunt down bank robbers. But then over here, you have 
a pickup basketball game between two sheriff deputies. <laughs> that was also funny. Because and he and like, then you have the regular sheriff just being like, ah, I'm going to put the ball away. Like, it's like, yeah, shouldn't have had that out in the first place. That was hilarious. Like, it's the FBI has set up in this local gymnasium and they're trying to crack this case. And the bumbling local cops are playing like pickup basketball. Yeah, as it's as funny. the like the the lower rank fbi guys are like wheeling in like dry erase boards with <laughs> yeah. like shit you know <laughs> cork boards with shit pinned to it and stuff they're like getting set up for their operation yeah but the the shot i noticed literally from him getting off the helicopter he like walks through this long parking lot he goes into the school down a hallway into the gymnasium into the kind of command center they've um, created it's all one long shot yeah it's a all shot, one shot a shot from a different movie mm-hmm. that's what i put i put i put it's too well shot for this movie it's like if steven soderbergh directed an episode of the big bang theory <laughs> like, it's a and it's a it's a classic walk and talk like he's yeah he's talking to the sheriff he's talking to the other cops they're handing off they're literally like handed forms and look at him and hand them back like it's like a West Wing scene. It's so yeah, funny. And the uh, the lead like local cop, the like sheriff guy or whatever is like really competent and on the ball sounding in the scene, too. Like, I can't yeah. remember the exact thing, but like the FBI guy's like, well, it's got to be this then. And the, and he's like, well, yeah, that's what. Or, oh, well, there's the the APB on the car type. He's like, yeah, yes. already got yeah. the APB out. You know, he's like he's like a good smart competent dude doing his job mm-hmm. which no one else in this movie is and he's no and he's very frustrated because he could be at home watching the little like thingy pop out of the turkey oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that was button. funny yeah <laughs> i was like he is so fucking bummed he can't just yeah. be with his wife and have a great. good old-fashioned christmas but he's stuck in this Christmas. Yeah. He's stuck in this Christmas. It is literally a case where, like, literally everybody else is great, I thought. Now that I actually think about it, pretty much all of the other actors and characters even were, like, good, I thought. Except for Imagine Amic, who is, like, just a non-character. Yeah, she's she's just so shoehorned into the narrative. All of the other characters serve a purpose in the general conceit of this yeah. is a town populated by really nice people that are because what is her deal? She like she knows that they've stolen the money, right? Right. Yeah, she's she like figures to, it out early. Yeah, she's like, okay, I'll, I'll take you to the bus time. station now. Let's get out of here. Why? Why doesn't she confront them? Why doesn't she try to yeah. save her town? Well, the I only think, time, okay, the so only time they, they I only actually ex- think I have an answer go. for this, though. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think the reason she doesn't do that is because she thinks that he is. They are sent by her father. Um, uh, maybe. Okay. See, that's an interesting idea. I don't. I think I like the idea, but I don't know if the movie was trying to do that or not. Well, it seems like no. She has like a line along. A um. Along the lines of like, she's just like, okay, I know you're here. You got your thing. Go, just get out right. of here. Yeah, right. Like she's just like, you did your mm. thing. Get the fuck out of here. Like she's not saying like, you guys are just like some uh, wackadoo like dum dums that are just like, hey, um, let's, yeah, 
you know, like, let, it, like it, maybe I can persuade you to not rob this town. No, it's not that. She's like, business is over. Yeah. I knew this was coming at some point. Get out of here. I thought I thought the way we were supposed to take it was that she's so charmed by Nick Cage or something. I uh, never once for a second that she that. that she cares. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't buy it either. I think we're supposed to just like how at the end of the movie, we're supposed to buy that. It's been a big emotional journey and we're yeah, very and proud of these characters. They finally forged this love connection. God, this movie is so except for love. It's love. It has not changed at all in his arc. No, but he just gets outvoted through democracy. But what I, it's true. But what I was going to say is that um, everybody else except for her uh, is great. And I think is a is a good character, mm-hmm. except and this is the big exception. It's just the three brothers like they're the core of the movie and they just suck. They don't have chemistry. They're not fun to watch. They're they're actively unpleasant to watch. They're hard. They're like a trial. They don't seem to like interact well with each other. Um, none of them are acting very well. Like I don't there's a bunch of emotional beats they're supposed to hit. Like when they're at the Christmas dinner with the bank president and he's explaining to them how these thieves that have stolen their money have like ruined the town. And you're supposed to get that Nick Cage and I think Dana Carvey a little are like feeling guilt like remorse but they just don't sell it at all and it all hinges on them well yeah i mean is dana carvey supposed to be feeling remorse in that scene he's like he's like upending the entire saucer of giblet gravy on his shit like yeah i mean i guess you're right Mm -hmm. no i think uh his his arc changes after he almost dies right so like maybe something along then is like that's because then after that the you horse, get the horse yeah. and mm-hmm. he's like oh well maybe I don't want to do the things I've done bad anymore and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's like yeah that's maybe, so spot that's you, so spot on you, Sean like that could be a line in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like do you have any ointment yeah. i could put on my cold sores <laughs> i mean what it, what it needs as far as character goes is that dana carvey needs to turn more like he needs to at the end mm-hmm. of the movie be nice like he there needs to be a scene where like he does a nice thing for people yeah in the town yeah john lovitz needs to be even more reluctant like in the scene where the horse is falling in the lake and they all help it should be like John Lovitz is like, what are you doing? Come on. And then they talk and he's like, he's like, Ugh, all right, fine. I'll help. Right. That's what it needs to be. Well, uh, when the horse is uh, about to drown or whatnot, mm-hmm. um, what he says to the, the guy driving the car is, ah, screw you. We don't need you anyway. <laughs> and it's like, Dude, like, yeah, what a dick. This guy pulled over in just, a blizzard on Christmas yeah. Eve to yes. pick up three hitchhikers. You could have just said, oh, no, we have to we have to go and do this thing. You <laughs> yeah. didn't have to just be an ass. Yeah. Hold up real quick, guy. Look over there. There's a horse that's about to drown. Yeah. The I'm guy sure would see it and be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Hey, come help us get this horse out of the lake. Yeah, and Instead, not, not just like, like 
Fuck he's you, like, bud. Yeah. Get out of here, you <laughs> he stupid. Is, he's actively just being a dick. I know. For Which, no reason to a nice yes. person. Yes, exactly. He never changes in this whole movie. Like at the end, he's still just the same fucking sociopath, liar, mm-hmm. fucking con artist. He's always been. He's just a piece of shit at the end, at the beginning, at the end. He just is an asshole. He just gets outvoted. Yeah. That is the whole yeah. thing. It's like two other brothers become, you know, sentient about the like their actions about harming other people. And I guess you know, two out of three doesn't seem like a miracle, guys. Doesn't seem like a Christmas miracle. And even well, Dana they, Carvey is questionable. Yeah. I mean, they both needed to show more change. Yeah. Too. It's like Dana Carvey isn't like they he he it feels like he's getting taken advantage of this whole movie. He doesn't act yes. like a yeah. villain who gets turned around. He's <laughs> like he's like a kid who keeps getting caught with his hand in the cookie jar. Yeah. He's like a, he's a child. Yeah. I'm like just realizing this. Yeah. At the end, when they're in the courthouse or whatever, where they're like, oh, my God, like, you know, you guys were the bank robbers. And he's like, we found three ski masks in that abandoned car mm-hmm. and proving that they did it. They say he saves the day because yeah. he stole a bunch of ski masks yeah. mm-hmm. prior than that. Like, so they left the ski mask that they robbed with. But then he's like, oh, you want some, you know. Ski mask. I got ski mask right here. Pez dispenser. A couple cotton candies. You know. Yeah. Like, I, I whatever. That. A know, bunch of Captain Crunch and shit. Spilled out his pockets onto the table, yeah, and it's just which, a bunch of bullshit. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and but that's the thing. It's like it's not a it's not an arc. It's him coming to like you know he's just like I'm saving the day right now by my kleptomania. Yeah. Like, yeah, if anything, this just reinforces my deeply held belief that shoplifting is totally cool. It's legit. <laughs> yeah. You should do it. <laughs> like, it's where, badass. where else do you think chapstick comes from? Who's <laughs> ever bought chapstick before? Oh, I've I've only bought chapstick <laughs> and I've only ever used chapstick once to twice. <laughs> really? I use chapstick every single day. Really? Are you kidding me? It's gone or it's in the washing machine. It's gone. I have a tube of chapstick that I bought. Up. I, I don't want to say a year, two, a year to two years ago, <sighs> on my nightstand. Wow, really? Jesus Christ! No well, way. It's like I, the same same thing with lighters. Some people hold on, you know. Some people finish mm-hmm. lighters, and some people buy a new lighter every three days. I have another note. Is it standard protocol for the FBI to question every person involved in a crime all in one big group in one room? I was so fucking upset about that i was like why are these there's like there's like a a greek chorus of like old women it's like the fucking red hat club is in the background just like tittering away like oh no these good boys they couldn't have been in the hoodie yeah i'm sorry it's the whole town is in this one room i didn't even fucking catch that "Hmm." because this movie's so fucking nuts and dense i didn't even think about that i was just like wait this must be a trial like right no, like, no, it it's like the that. end it's the end of the night when the fbi guy is like i'm trying to piece this situation together let's put everybody Holy together shit. in one room like how the fbi does it yeah you know what they taught me at fbi school 
Never separate three people who are trying mm-hmm. to get a story together. You know, you know <laughs> in your gut, you know in your gut that they're guilty. You just need yes. that last crucial piece of evidence. So what you want to do is let them all hang out together so that they can bounce ideas off of each other yes. and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you never separate them and get their separate stories. It's never check idea. never check any alibi either. When any random person chimes in and says, oh, no, they were with me. Just believe them immediately. <laughs> Don't <laughs> verify anything. Just and then when you realize that they probably did commit the crime, but you won't be able to prosecute them. Make sure that you tell them, like, I hope you boys learned a valuable <laughs> lesson because uh, that's what he fucking does. Yeah, he does. He gets real low and close and he's like, listen, you're getting away with something here. Don't waste that opportunity. I'm like, don't what? waste that opportunity. That is a buck wild way to phrase that. You're mm-hmm. the FBI. Yeah. When the arrest the them. Federalists. Okay. I guess I I guess I spoke too early. The Christmas miracle is when the FBI goes, boys will be boys. Merry Christmas. <laughs> now get out of here. <laughs> you whippersnapper. Oh, get out of my God. sight. Oh, shit. I wanted to see the little turkey thing pop. I God know I should. <laughs> I should arrest all of you and interrogate you for 12 hours, but. Ah, here's a piece of licorice for you. And then he tussles <laughs> that hair. <laughs> it's, it is Christmas. It Every, is everybody Christmas. gets one. Now you guys get out of here. That's your one for everybody gets one FBI freebie. And this is oh, yours. not to mention, like, if you're like just released from jail, wouldn't you be on parole and you <gasps> can't leave the state? Oh, oh my, my God. God. You're about right. that. They even mention it in the movie that they're on, <laughs> that they can't leave the state and they're arrested oh. leaving the state. Oh, my God. <laughs> they should both go back. You're right. They should both go back to prison. What? <laughs> It's like a major plot point early on that they can't leave New York. Holy shit. I mean, but the FBI is just like, yo, you guys. (laughs) Oh, my God. Fuck, this movie is a train wreck. Also, they use their real names constantly. Oh, my God. When they arrive at the bank president's house after having robbed their bank they use their real yeah. names uh-huh first yeah, and do. last we're the furpo boys yep <laughs> don't look up those names no rap sheets for theft associated with Jesus these Christ. scoundrel characters anyway i i'm looking through all my notes let me just oh, let me see if there's anything else here um, oh, there should be a scene at the end where uh, Dana Carvey steals candy and then gives it to like local kids. That would have been a good twist, like end of his scene. Like maybe like he says hi to like a Santa that has a bunch of candy canes and then the Santa leaves and a bunch of kids are like, oh, I wanted candy canes. And he like looks left and right and then like opens his jacket and there's like a million candy canes inside and he hands them to the kids. That would have been a good turn. That, yeah. Yes. This is my that, pitch for this movie. Apparently, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing right now. Yeah, Josh wants to add more scenes to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's one thing it didn't have. It was too much shit. I, it's also I, so fast. I, I have uh, I have one more uh, 
question for you guys, something okay. we haven't really talked about um, be- before we move on to our other segments. Uh, <laughs> why does Dana Carvey leave them at the altar? Like when they are leaving from the bank robbery, he like speeds off in the car multiple times and like does the thing where yes. he like stops and lets them almost catch up and then it goes again. And this is one of those ADR moments that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, geez, ah, ah, what am I doing? Why does that happen? Well, the first Why time does he leave them, because I think it's you an do accident what you do time. and I do what I do. <laughs> I think it's it's a it's an accident the first time because he's getting really nervous and he's like you know rubbing his hands on the steering wheel and his he's like you know um, rubbing his foot against the gas pedal and then he accidentally like guns it and is like oh but yeah. then he does it like and, four and more times and then he stops and gets yes. because he yes. realizes oh shit I just started driving away yeah he gets rear-ended with no damage to that car later <laughs> again <laughs> car amazing. accidents are hilarious. Also, did they have a bunch of guns in the trunk of that car? They sure anyway. did. In like um, a foam, like foam cutout. core cutout, yeah. <laughs> Do you guys want to... I'm done talking about this. Do you guys want to uh, move on to behind the scenes and see what's going on back there? Yeah. All right. Um, All right. So what do you guys have for behind the scenes stuff? Uh, I Can I just start it off? Oh, yes. Uh, yes, please. Yeah. So uh, if you thought my... Uh, extensive note taking for this movie was uh wasn't enough um prepare yourselves i oh, have good. nothing to say about this movie <laughs> yeah there it is <laughs> i did no research i hardly watched it once <laughs> i mean to be fair i have watched this movie probably three times now really uh, yeah wow once Excuse me, I way to bury the lead. That was my first question. <laughs> yeah, I said, yeah, I've seen this movie before. Wow, I didn't, I didn't like come in at you with, dude. I'm so I've, sorry. I normally, normally I watch the movies more, more than once, mm-hmm. especially for this podcast. Mm-hmm. But normally, for real normals, I just like watch you know pretty much anything that comes in my like. I'm a hungry, hungry hippo, and I just like <laughs> gobble up. Nick Cage movies as if they're fun little marbles bouncing you just, around. You watch so many movies. It's it's um it it it's almost a problem because I sometimes have a hard time telling what's real and um <laughs> uh oh not uh oh real uh oh was it, it fact or fiction? Which one was it? Which one was it that had like Dean Kane in it? Oh that, my god, that one was real. Life. Uh, that was Ripley's Believe It or Not. Believe it or not, I watched too many movies, guys. This is this is happening. Um, anyway, but this movie I'd seen it before. I watched mm-hmm. it, watched it with a friend of mine, and um, well, I had seen this when I was like much younger. Watched it a couple years ago because I was like, hey, Nick Cage in a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. and then I reminded you guys, hey, Nick Cage in a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. yeah. and so this yes. is yeah number three, and it's hopefully the last. I'm so um, sorry presumably yeah it's gonna be the last um I'm so sorry i have a few behind the scenes things oh well yeah um continue number one this movie bombed hard it was seventh place in its opening weekend which is not a spot you want to be and it was beaten by the lion king in its 19th week hmm. yeah that checks out yeah 
I would say that this movie is more than 19 times better or, or worse than the Lion King is more than 19 times better than this movie. That's fair. Yeah. The box office total was $6 million, which is actually not terrible. Um, there have definitely been way worse, but I assume that this movie probably cost more than $6 million on like actor salary alone. Yeah. I mean, there's like a fleet of actors in this. So you've got Dana Carvey and John Lovitz at like, I would say around the height of their career. Got Nick Cage and he's kind of getting like higher billing, like matching Amic. 1994. I mean, this is, you know, Nick Cage is in. He's he's a bona fide movie star. Yeah. Yeah. Matching Amic is like a year or two off of Twin Peaks. A, A waste of. An, un, an a waste of an indeterminate number of millions of dollars. Can mm-hmm. I just say bah humbug to that? Bah yeah. humbug. We yeah, are all de- Scrooge this year. I, I definitely give this movie a bah humbug. It's 2020. Yes. If we can't all be Scrooges, when can we? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. This is the year you get to be the Grinch. Yeah. This movie hey, made the, a bunch of... The Grinch year- had the good stuff, man. <laughs> this movie made... trash. Um, a bunch of year end lists. Yeah, it got um, mm-hmm. it was in the Buffalo News worst movies of the year. Yeah, I saw it this. was in the top 10 list of the top 10 worst movies of the year in the Seattle Post Intelligencer. Rocky Mountain News gave it eighth worst of the year. This was a reviled movie when it came out. This is not like a cult classic Did or like a forgotten Razzies? gem. People fucking hated this. No Razzies that I saw. Oh, what year did the Razzies start? Oh, like the 80s. Yeah, it was okay. like, I feel like it was the eight. Yeah, it was like, it's. I found there was a bunch of stuff in the IMDb trivia section that I was trying to find that were like, it said that the director did not direct a bunch of the movie. He just didn't yeah. care. And that Nick Cage did it. There's also um, uh, things like John Lovett saying they were calling it trapped in bullshit. Yeah, because they they hated they hated filming the movie the the three and i believe leads. i believe yeah. that it mm-hmm. translates directly yes to the results those things are not sourced though um i did find one unbelievable bombshell in the trivia which was this this scoop um <laughs> this is a great this is i could not believe my eyes when i saw this says Dave lies to Bill about the letter that Sarah's father wrote while he was in jail because it was his intention to go to the town of paradise and rob the bank. Wow. Man, I didn't catch that. I'm sorry. One more time. What? (laughs) (laughs) No, you heard me right. Dave lies to Bill. Dave being John Lovitz, Bill being um, Nick Cage. Dave lies to Bill about the letter that Sarah's father wrote while he was in jail because it was his intention to go to the town of Paradise and rob the bank. Wow. I'm sorry, <laughs> is that... That's a plot beat of the movie. I that's know. not a goof up or a wackadoo. Some person put... There's like 10 plot points like that that are in the IMDb trivia section for some reason. 
I don't know why. That is an excellent example of why you do have to be careful with the IMDb trivia section because it is not vetted. At all. I think there are people can like report things or like retort to things or whatever in in the goof section at least. There's a, a thumb yeah. up, thumb down. There but, is in the trivia too. Uh, but I mean, for a movie like this, it's like I feel like you could probably just go on there and be like uh eugene merman is in the background of a shot <laughs> as a baby people, yeah and people would be like whoa yeah i um i tried to find uh like third party sources for that and i couldn't find anything so i even tried to find like interviews about this movie and i couldn't find anything nobody talks about this movie which is not surprising. A Christmas Shocker. miracle. Thank you. <laughs> Do you guys have anything else for the behind the scenes? Well, anything sure you guys don't. managed to dig up? I've already covered sure this. Yeah, don't. no, this is a well-run drive. You got yeah. it. Should we move on to the recast? Oh, should I have said uh, frozen ground? Uh, no use digging for, uh, I guess, like frozen turnips <laughs> here. I don't know. What, it, what, it, what, what would you call a fucking, like, little nugget of morsel of like what is what worth is he- talking about this a little back behind the scenes you said there that they did not enjoy like the three co-stars of this movie didn't mm-hmm. give a shit about working together mm-hmm. on this movie mm-hmm. well fuck it yeah no duh we sit we saw the movie yeah that it's what ev- else is there yeah. to say it's very evident it's- to anybody who watched it that they don't like each other or yeah. maybe that they do and they just did not like making this movie. They're, they're not okay, having sure. fun. They're, they're stressed and miserable. It's a real deck the halls situation. I feel like before every before every scene started, everybody just got done screaming at each other. <laughs> and then the director yelled action and they all just started. Like, that's what I feel like this movie was like. Yeah, the director yelled action sarcastically and then stormed off to his trailer. Yeah, or like, yeah, Nick Cage was like, <laughs> I don't know, just do fucking whatever. the window. <laughs> didn't even leave it. Nick Cage, yeah. Nick Cage was just like, I don't know, you're a town person. You're dumb. Be nice. Go. Action. <laughs> um. Anyway. Now it's time that we come to the hardest question of all the questions, where we have to ask ourselves if you could recast the Nicolas Cage role in this movie with any actor living or dead who would it be and why is that you you that was it was that pretty close yeah that was yeah oh i'm so proud of my boy well, you hear it over 20 times you fucking get it get it <laughs> imprinted in you we don't listen to our own podcast that's berserk that would be insane i think i think that's I the imprinting part you guys are the ones that are saying that <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just here listening to you guys talk. I don't listen to my own podcast. So who have you guys got? I do. Wink. Um, I actually am. I've thought a lot about mine, and I think I've actually knocked it out of the park this time. Like, seriously. I think okay. that I picked a great recast. So can I guess it? You won't, but sure. Just the three stooges. As. Oh, so all three brothers. The three brothers. That's actually a great. Yeah. Well, that is mine. Um, or you could like, I don't know, 
break Kurt Russell up into three people. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not recasting everybody. I mean, I guess, you know what? I will. Um, <laughs> no, like I've already, I think I've already. I thought a lot already, about one of the recasts. I'm sorry. Not at all about the rest. I'm sorry, you can't re- No, I, I honestly, I honestly think that I can do the other ones. Okay. You can't recast just like Nick Cage's part and be like, this movie's salvageable. Right? Yeah, because it doesn't, it really hinges on the three. <laughs> so here's, here's the thing. <laughs> Nick Cage is recast as Marissa Tomei circa my cousin Vinny. Oh, damn. Oh, wow. shit. That, okay, solid. Yes. Because, okay, here, here are my, here's my reasoning. One, she can do the voice. All three brothers have like a New York accent. She has like a New York accent. Nick Cage is barely doing it. He is, as we've seen in every movie, he does an accent he's in. Not, he's he not forgets halfway Slipping in and out, forgetting. He's not good at accents. I mean, and they're hard. I, I'm not oh, great yeah. at accents oh, yeah. either. But If you listen to the Sorcerer's Apprentice episode, you heard me try to do a British accent. It's it's a disaster. Wait, that was a British accent? Fuck I you. I thought you were just trying so, to be a wizard... <laughs> Whimsical fancy man. Yeah, come on. That was a Merlinian accent. Yeah, obviously. that was my impression of a Merlinian. So number one, she can do the accent. Number two, his whole character is built on like frustration and this like simmering anger at her brothers or at his brothers, you know. Or her and, cousin. And she exactly <laughs> and she can just she's obviously really good at that. That's like her character in My Cousin Vinny is like frustrated and, you know, pacing back and forth. And then three, when she yeah. like blows up at somebody and yells at them and gives them like a dressing down, she fucking kills it. She does it a bunch in that movie. So that's also, my casting for Marissa Tomei. I know that she's not cousins with Vinny in that movie. Carry on. OK, I just wanted to make OK. <laughs> I wasn't going to address it, but I was hoping somebody would. Um, so that led to me saying, OK, recast John Lovitz as Joe Pesci. Nah. OK, OK. Less enthusiastic. Okay. I noticed on that re- on that one. That's no. fine. That was no, off, no. That was I'm just like, cuff. OK. Who's who? Dana <laughs> Carvey is a tough who's going to be Dana Carvey. Uh, I absolutely know who I would recast David oh, Carvey as. In this? Okay, who? Rob Schneider. Oh. Oh. Not what I, I <laughs> thought it was funny. All right, whatever. No, I thought it was going for full-on My Cousin Vinny, and I was like, oh, so it's going to be the judge. So it's the guy yeah. that plays, like, you know, like... Um, Oh fuck! What is his name? He's like he's in Pet Cemetery. He's the fucking Stephen, dad in Stephen the King. goddamn. No, <laughs> Stephen King. I guess is the father of all Stephen King books. Oh, oh, Ed- Edward Furlong. Not... Yes. I <laughs> know. I don't know the judge in my cousin Vinny's name. I just oh. no. It's just yeah. What <laughs> he's. <laughs> I'll look it up. <laughs> he's, uh, he's he's the he plays Frankenstein in like you know the fucking oh god oh damn Fred it. Gwynn yeah, yeah, yeah he plays Lurt. he plays uh <laughs> um Herman Munster yeah yes. I gotcha he would put him as Dana Carvey 
Oh, I thought you were just going through the, you know, just, you know, people from my cousin Vinny. You know what? Dan, <sighs> Dana Carvey was fine, but I would tell him to be different. <laughs> I would say, like, don't don't do that voice. Don't act like that. But he's a man of like a million faces. Well, listen, son, I, I love you. I just wish you were into the Steelers. He's like a, me. He's a man. He's a man of like one kind of like scrunchy face, which is what he does in this movie and a lot of stuff. He's kind of doing like a Christian Slater. Like, mm. yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Zell, Zell Wecker. Yeah. yeah Zell <laughs> Wegerian, like Renee yeah, Zell sure. Uh I've, uh, I've got my recast. Yeah, hit me. Uh, Chevy Chase. Because I think this movie oh. needed some more slapstick. I think this movie needed more physical comedy. Holy shit. To okay, work. that's a Honestly, great choice. And he's worked with them enough that yeah. it's like, I feel like, yeah, that is a, that is a solid recast. More, uh, more chemistry for sure. Yeah, I just, you know, yet again, I feel like I was thinking like too inside the box where it's like, you can't, can't change one element without changing the whole orchestra it's a very delicate and, construction mm-hmm. but with oh, you got chevy chase yeah he's worked with these men before he fixes I mean, a lot it's he, it's a risk like if oh, tensions yeah. were already high on i mean this yeah set, then it could have been a powder keg easily he, he might have killed somebody it could be a i was trying to make a joke about cocaine um <laughs> You know, there it is. No, snow. I think something like, snow. Just imagining, <laughs> imagining Chevy Chase in that first scene when he finds the wallet and is like agonizing over it. I think he mm-hmm. would do it such a better job. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just think mostly, I, I, I think that Chevy Chase's strengths as a comedic performer mm-hmm. are are tied to his physical comedy, mm-hmm. and I think correct this movie. <laughs> sets itself up as like it's supposed to be very cartoony like it reminded me of uh amos and andrew yeah uh mm-hmm. another classic example. classic uh, you know movie. An- another movie that was god awful and also like Fucking you know was was a very cartoonish mm. um this one just didn't really have like the physical or prop comedy to like kind of lean into that role yeah i mean that's true they would have to rewrite parts of it to give him a bit more to work with great um yeah let's rewrite the whole thing absolutely um so how is nick cage in that do you guys want to move on to the other segment how is nick cage in that where we talk Uh, about how is nick cage in that yeah sure i'd love to say uh how nick cage was in that uh eh yeah, was not he? Good. I I didn't think he was very good. Was he in it? It wasn't very cage. It, it, he, he, didn't, he didn't bring the gusto to this performance that we know him for. And uh, uh, to speak boring. on that though, like there are moments throughout this movie where he does like exaggerated hand gestures and kind of like yells a little bit out of frustration, yeah. but mostly dealing mm. with his brothers, of course. Mm. But yeah, 
Um, he does some of his like voice yeah. that he likes to mm-hmm. do. You know the one he does it like early on when they're like in the car before yep. they've gotten to paradise for the first time, yeah. and he's doing like or, this. Or, he's talking to his brothers like in this way that he likes to do. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. like right after the bank robbery where they're like, you know, like ditching the clothes. He he has a couple little spazzes. Um, yeah, throughout there, and I just was like. Okay, yeah, that m- more of that. Yeah. Every time I saw that, I was just like, mm-hmm. "What? Where? Where did it go? Where? Where are you going, Nick? Come on yeah. back." I just he, didn't think. I didn't think it was very good. He he does do stuff in this, doesn't he? Wow, am I becoming so deadened to his antics that they just read as a? Is that's my baseline now? Because we already had the vamp. We already watched Vampire's Kiss, <laughs> oh, so it's shit. like I know I'm like inoculated to his know. bullshit. <laughs> It's like we ate like the hottest pepper in the world and now we're eating like bell peppers and we're like, that's eh, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, you can call these jalapenos because yeah, its okay. shape is pepper, but yeah, they're right. Uh, uh, just like this performance, it was, it was shaped like a bell pepper, but there was no spice. There was yeah, a little. No... Oh, there was I don't a... know. I oh, noticed gosh. multiple times. Mm-hmm. I, I saw him acting. You know what I mean? Like there were scenes early on when he's freaking out where I was like, he is acting right now. Like I was aware yeah. that I was watching an actor in a scene yeah. who was thinking in his head like, OK, act angry. This is the part where you're mad. This is yeah. what a frustrated face is like, you know, like yeah. very, to me, very high school drama. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Both of you are correct on this where I, I, I come back to it and I'm just like. When I saw him do like elements of like, you know, slight improv or, mm-hmm. you know, like his typical, I don't know, let's just say shtick. I don't know. I'd like to think it's yeah. more more theater than that. Uh, it just came out as like a shocking, like and jarring, like it pulls you out of the movie because you're just like, whoa, hey, he just Nick Cage a little bit right on screen. OK, well. Just so round table re- real quick. Would you recommend watching this movie? I don't. Can we uh, cut this part and then put it at the very beginning of this movie? <laughs> of the episode? Because I would say, yeah, don't don't watch this movie. Yeah, don't watch. This In movie. fact, if you want to watch a good Christmas movie, I think we should all recommend a better Christmas movie. Yeah. Home, Al- Home Alone. Christmas story. Is that a Christmas movie? Hell yeah, oh, it's a Christmas yeah. story. Totally. You're right. It does happen around Christmas. Yeah. I love Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Mm. I just watched a French one. I cannot remember what it's called. But so it was like Google the French Christmas movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Google Wait, Google this was your French... idea, Sean. <laughs> no. Google Google French Mac- like Home Alone and watch that one. I mean, it's like, you know, some I'm weird gonna make phone sure number. That doesn't lead to porn. Yeah, go to the Pirate Bay and download <laughs> a French dub of Home Alone and watch that. <laughs> yeah, um, there's one. Be... That, there's a movie called um, 3615 Code Pere Noël. Yep, that's it's the a, one. It's watch a 1989 one. French horror watch thriller written and directed <laughs> by René Menzor. It has been noted for its similarities to the 1990 American <laughs> film Home Alone. Holy huh. shit. Home 
Oh, yeah. It's a Watch horror that movie, one. isn't it? Yeah, it's but f- it's played up dude. for jokes. This one's more of a uh, the the guy that's breaking in the house um, yeah. is a murderer and maybe a sex pervert. Also oh. known as Deadly Games, Dial Code Santa Claus. Yeah, Dial Code Santa Claus. Game Over and Hide and Freak. Yeah. So that's oh. Sean's recommendation. <laughs> thank um, you, Joe. Thank Bob. you. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been a, a, a journey for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you made it this far, we social. appreciate you. Hit us with a recommendation or yes, two yes, for yes, movies because yes, yes, yes. we got to do some more or, recording. Or Absolutely. just like, just, you know, it's a tough, tough winter for all of us. So just enjoy the people you have in your life and yeah. watch watch a different movie. Just watch yeah. a different movie than this one. Hopefully yeah. Christmas theme this time around. Go watch a French Maybe not. horror movie. I'm what? probably actually going to watch that. It sounds awesome. It's it's really well, great. It's well, really bye. great. <laughs> oh, wait, bye. I have. I had, sorry, uh, an outro question. Sure. Why did they give the money to the church and not the bank? <laughs> well, bye, everybody. See ya. Bank was closed? I don't know. <laughs> so dumb. Oh, my yeah. God. Thanks for listening. Don't worry. This will be short. If you enjoy the podcast and want updates, check us out on Twitter. We're at Atwack Podcast. That's A-T-W-A-C Podcast for All the World's a Cage. Also, review us on iTunes if you use that. Or recommend us to a friend. Well, ask if they like Nick Cage first, and then ask if they like podcasts, and then recommend us. Thanks again. <laughs>